0: This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 91. What's the name of the podcast? You. Yeah. No, what's the name of the podcast? Do you know? Tell, tell everybody what, what the uh, name of the show is. I don't know. It's the Smart
1: Passive
0: Income Podcast yeah. with For- Pat Flynn. Nice job, but. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now, so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, forget the Audi R8, he wants a DeLorean at Flynn. Hey, what's up everybody? This is Pat Flynn and welcome to session 91 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. I hope you're having an awesome day wherever you're at, whether you are at work, at the gym, on a walk, uh, on a commute, wherever. I hope you're having an awesome day. If not, I hope I can make it better for you. You heard a little bit from my son at the top of the show. I like to bring him on every once in a while. And um, it's funny, I was actually putting him to bed and he's like, Daddy, are you recording a podcast tonight? And I was like, yeah. He's like, can I come on the microphone with you? I don't know why he sounds like Martin Simpson. Um He doesn't. But anyway, uh, it's just really cool to, you know, so I brought him on to do the intro and also do a little bit of the outro, which you'll hear at the end. It's just really cool as a parent to just see him get excited about this kind of stuff and, you know, being creative and and creating something on his own. I think it's so cool. Um, So whenever, you know, if you're a parent and you have the chance to just let your, child go crazy with a microphone or a recorder or something. I mean, I remember doing that when I was like four or five. one Some of my earliest memories were playing with a cassette recorder and just listening to myself, um, not in a sort of cocky way, but just being able to record something and then play it back later. I thought it was really cool. And I've just now made that connection from when I was four to now doing a podcast. It's actually really interesting. But anyway, getting into today's content, I'm super jazzed because the guest I have on the show today, her name is Kim from iocreativegroup.com and she shares a lot of really interesting information that i haven't really heard much about uh at all in the online business internet marketing space and we talk about direct marketing and direct mail marketing and things like that things that actually happen offline you know sending snail mail to your customers and generating leads offline and the and you might be wondering, well, why would you want to do that when we're online? And online is where all the lead gen happens. It's where all the interactions with the customers happen. Why would you want to do things like using stale mail? And you'll hear after you hear about the strategy and why you would do such a thing. Um, it makes complete sense. It's actually got my gears turning like crazy. And, um, you know, she speaks a lot about ROI. That's her main focus with her agency and her group. And, um, you know, the return on investment, and that's something that is measurable by sending these sort of mailers out. And um, so you'll hear when you would use that, why you would do it, and even you know you might be thinking, "Well, well, this these sort of sound like advanced strategies." Someone for an established business, someone who has a ton of money. No, you'll I I I totally was curious about this whole process, so I asked her about the price and how much it might cost, and when you would do this, why it would make sense for you to do this. Um, so it, it you know these are somewhat advanced strategies, just because people aren't talking about this. But even if you're beginning you don't even have a business yet it's important to listen to this kind of stuff because it gives you something to shoot for it gives you an idea of the sort of angle you want to take with your business and also how important it is as far as customer relations is concerned which has a lot to do with sort of the purpose behind direct mail marketing and things like that so Without further ado, I'm going to welcome Kim to the show and get into the interview. Again, you'll hear me get excited about a lot of things. We actually, you know, I ask her, you know, what do you do and how'd you get there right at the beginning? And then we get off and, you know, we talk for quite a bit of time about um, the strategy behind direct mail marketing and things like that before we even get into the, the sort of how she became an entrepreneur part, um, which we get into in the middle. So you'll hear me sort of ask a. Uh, sort of barbara walters moment type of question in the middle of the podcast which is really interesting but i thought it was really important to bring out because she said you know she was she she had built her business and was running her own business for 13 years but it wasn't until four years ago that she actually then finally became an entrepreneur and what exactly that means we get into and all that good stuff so anyway let's get right into the interview with kim walsh phillips from iocreativegroup.com thanks and i hope you enjoy Hey, Kim, thank you so much for coming on. Welcome to the SPA podcast. How are you today?
1: I am doing great. How are you, Pat?
0: I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, you know, it's funny when, when we had our email conversations going back and forth, we both discovered that we are parents of young children and we actually got into a conversation about Disney Junior. I don't even remember how we got into that conversation, but we talked about how Disney Junior is a brilliant example of content to marketing sales ever, like from releasing a new program to advertising it, especially when new episodes come out. Like I'm always seeing those advertisements. Um, and then they have the, the products and also the iPhone apps and you go to the parks and there's rides to go along with it. And actually, Kim, I just came back from Disneyland myself and I caught the Disney Junior live show. Um, it features uh, Mickey's Clubhouse, Sophia the First, Jake the Neverland Pirates, and Doc McStuffins. And I got caught by some of the parents around me who were staring at me. I, I caught the eye of some of the parents around me who were still You were singing along, weren't you? I, I was totally singing along. <laughs> and you know what? I was totally proud of it, too. Um.
1: Oh, I have been there and have done that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to you, Kim. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience uh, really quick? I mean, what is it that you do now? And and give us a sort of rundown on, on, on how you got there.
1: Sure, it would be my pleasure. Um, so I'm CEO of a company called IO Creative Group, and we're a direct response marketing company who specialize a lot in digital, but we integrate it with traditional marketing as well. So we do multi-layered campaigns. Um, So that's the company. And then I do uh, coaching and speaking, and we have an information marketing business too that's developed in trying to develop that passive income that you talk so much about.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Can you give us a little explanation of what exactly direct response means? I know there's a lot of people in the audience who might not understand exactly what that entails.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I had no idea what that was a few years ago myself. Um, So I get that. So what we focus on is staying away from the fluff, leaving the fluff for the peanut butter sandwiches and (laughs) making it so that every dollar you spend on marketing should be measurable and should produce more than a dollar back. So we don't believe in doing, and actually, my book is called Awareness Campaigns Are Stupid. In that of course, there's a place for awareness, but it should just be the first step in an overall marketing campaign, and that marketing should deliver direct results. And whether that is increased sales, increased leads, increased conversions, increased per customer value, you set your goals up, and marketing should be connected to achieving those goals.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now you said you're you're doing also digital, which means you're some you're doing some sort of traditional marketing. What does that mean? Like, you know like actually sending mailers out via mail and things like that?
1: Yeah. So we do the thing that actually uses stamps too. <laughs> yeah,
0: What are those? I don't know. What those are.
1: I know it's this crazy thing. Um, so yeah, I think that's where I see a lot of marketers. They either go completely digital or they're in the traditional and they don't see social media working, but we have looked at utilizing all the layers of marketing. So Perhaps you get a lead in through your Facebook page and then they opt into a report, but then you put them in a nurture sequence and you get them into receiving direct mail from you too. So you layer in campaigns to be utilizing all the different parts of marketing that are available to you. And that's really important because people are so inundated with messages all over the place and if you just try to saturate one channel – They're going to begin to ignore you. And so, if you can get them into hearing from you in all these different um, places, you're going to have a much greater chance of converting a prospect to a client.
0: Absolutely. I I 100% agree with that. That's why I have a, you know, I do this whole Be Everywhere philosophy. I have my blog and my podcast and my YouTube channel and books. And that's sort of along the same lines, but I don't do anything that involves stamps. And do you feel like there's an opportunity for people who are doing digital marketing to get into? Uh, that sort of stuff. Like, it, it, do you feel like there's there's um, just an unawareness of of what's what's possible? I mean, or is that just for you know bigger companies, and that's something we should all ignore? Like someone, uh, you know, who's just starting out on a blog, or maybe has a podcast, or even someone who has a sizable audience, like myself. Like, do you, would you see any sort of possibility of being successful with a direct marketing sort of stamp? I don't even know what to call it. Um, stamp campaign.
1: Yeah. So. Absolutely. The thing is that if you're targeting your your market, so if you're going after the right leads and you're really targeting your messaging – Using direct mail can be incredibly effective, especially if you look at doing lumpy mail, they call it, or 3D mail, something that arrives and shows up differently than everything else. Mm -hmm. You know, if you ever get, if you go through your mail still, and again, there are some people and some generations and some groups that don't. So you always want to do a little bit of research. If your target market is someone who hasn't checked their mailbox in three weeks and they have no idea what's in there, then that's not a good group. So we always say base everything in research. But when you yourself are going through your mail, if you see something that looks hand addressed, it looks like an invitation or something that is in a padded envelope or something that comes to you in a box, those items always get opened and always get your attention. And you have almost a 100% open rate when you're sending something like that. And if you think about that compared to email, where if you get a 30% open rate, you've done really, That's really well. That's good, Yeah. It's a huge difference. So, of course, there's a cost investment. You're taking a greater risk, but you can have so much higher of a return when you're sending effective direct mail.
0: Right. I've heard of that before. I've heard of people putting little sort of toys into their to their envelopes to make sure that people, you know, it's literally lump a lumpy sort of piece of mail that they get. And so, you know, I've heard of that strategy before. I've seen. I've actually gotten mail um, from you know uh, foundations that include like a dime or a penny in there. And, you know, I open those because I want to take that dime out, but then I spend time reading whatever it is that they have to say. Um, As far as as cost – um, well, a couple things. One, um, this would mean that you would have to have a physical address of some kind. So we're in the process for, the, for those of us who are doing business online, for those of us who have blogs, maybe we have products and membership sites. And if you have a membership site, I, I can definitely see direct mail marketing, um, you know, uh, in this way being very effective, especially to just stand out of the crowd and also increase retention rate over time. Um, but at some point you have to get, a physical address to do that. Um, is is that something you collect up front, or um, would you start with the digital assets first, like email, and then at some point down the road ask for a, an address? Like, where does that or what's what's how does that work?
1: Yeah, sure. So you don't want to be asking for all that information up front because that would like that would be going out to a bar and then sitting next to someone and saying, "Hey, let's get married." That's creepy and uncomfortable, right, <laughs> and yeah. you don't want to do that. So you generally are going to be asking right up front just for a name and an email address because you're giving them something of incredible value. And everything should be based in you know giving first and then asking. So when you're asking for their email address and that you have that, and then you can offer another asset that could be mailed to them. So maybe it's a CD, it's a book, it's a video, it's something that physically needs to be mailed, and then you're able to collect their mailing address. That's if you want to send mailers to cold leads. But we really look at mail as being a way to increase your per-customer value of your already established customer base. So you don't necessarily even need to use it in cold prospecting. But let's say you just had a group of people who purchased something. Mm -hmm. So for example, we have um, a Facebook training program. And for us, it's an online digital training. However, when people purchase it, We send them immediately. They get an entire chain of things sent to them in the mail. So they're getting that reminder and the reinforcement that they made a good decision. So we're using send out cards and they're getting a card and a two-pack of brownies, just to say something to snack on before your training starts. Then they're getting our printed. We actually do a printed newsletter. They're getting that in the mail because that has a higher perceived value. So we use direct mail in ways to reinforce purchasing decisions and also increase the customer value because we're going to be communicating with them over time to try to you know have repeat customers and increase sales and turn a prospect into a private client. And that's done in the direct mail space where they first came into us through the digital space.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I, I can see this information being extremely useful for people out there. And I know there's a lot of you out there in the audience who have products that you're selling, um, especially those of you who have high end products and you'd like to tap into your existing customer base. And I've always said, your best customers are your existing customers. It's so much easier to sell to, to those who you've already provided value for and who have sort of uh, given you money back for that information already. Um, so I can see uh you know mailers being a great way to continue that conversation to keep the sort of conversation going after that uh, that initial purchase especially if if you're asking for a recurring inc- uh payment every single month um i definitely think there's something there now uh, what is the cost here that we're talking about i mean this is really interesting to me um you know I'm going to be selling products in two thousand and fourteen, and I would love to sort of incorporate mailers into into you know just as far as thank yous or even for collecting leads perhaps in in one way or another but what is what is the cost here we're talking about and 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 are there different types of these kinds of things that we can use?
1: Sure, so I'm gonna give you the real secret behind the scenes expense stuff and um so. We have a group called Marketing Insiders, and it's a membership-based organization. People pay us a monthly fee to get a printed newsletter, get an audio CD mailed to them. They get a membership site, um, additional some additional webinars and things, okay? And they pay us $47 per month to receive that okay. after a two-month free trial. And there's, a lot, of course, you know, there's a lot more value in what they're getting than $47 a month, but that's what that costs, each month, they receive in the mail an eight-page, full-color printed newsletter and an audio CD in an envelope, fully color-printed, and a color-printed envelope mailed to them. Now, what are your thoughts about what that might cost per person that I'm spending?
0: Well, you have a CD. And uh-huh. how, many, how many members are there?
1: We have several hundred that okay. are in the group
0: because you know the the more you have, the less you're going to pay because of bulk or- ordering. But anyway, that's probably not, not a big issue here. But uh, uh, a did you the you, you have the eight page printed newsletter, in col- color color yeah. I assume you have an audio CD and it comes mm-hmm. in, in a colored envelope as well. Yeah. Um, I would guess four to five dollars a person.
1: Yeah, so it's three dollars and thirty two cents per person, including postage.
0: including postage. Wow.
1: Including postage. So people stay away from mailing things. But if you think about that, we're getting $47 per person and it's costing me $3.32. But the perceived value, and there is a much higher value because if they take one idea from our newsletter each month and implement it, it's going to be worth a lot more than $47. Right huge it's huge but if I was just to send all that stuff in audio if I just thought well I want to not have that cost I just want to send my newsletter as a digital newsletter I'm just going to send them an mp4 file that has a much lower perceived value you know it, it just it goes into the mishmash of stuff that you have on your computer and it doesn't stand out it's not that lumpy envelope I get each you know you get each month mm-hmm. and yet that only costs me three dollars and32 cents per person to send out.
0: Wow, that that is amazing because when you think about it, when you do that, if you retain even one person um for an additional month, um, you know, at forty seven dollars a month, that's I don't I don't know what the math is, but I mean it seems like to me that would be completely worth it to potentially have people continue to pay their membership every month. And and I you know, I don't see very many, at least in the space I'm in. Um and, and then for those of you out there in your own niche, you have to see what else is out there and what other uh what your competitors are are providing. I would be. I think it would be safe to say that not a lot of people are going that extra mile and providing these mailers or these audio CDs or the sort of uh, you know newsletters. Um, and and I think part of the reason is because we're all so digital. And we feel like it's just easier and more convenient to you know accept the digital uh, you know newsletter and also the digital audio files that we think that there's value there. But I think you know even spending three dollars a month, um, that can that can go a long way.
1: Oh, sure. And then on the outside of the envelope, in color, it's telling them what the topics are, what the content is, which helps it to get open. We do time-sensitive calls to action. And this is also a really cool thing. So we have this group of people who are paying to receive this information, but we also give all of our private clients. So our marketing agency, and just like other marketing agencies, we have private clients. All of our private clients get a complimentary membership to our marketing insiders group. So this group more than pays in a profitable way for all of the marketing that we use to retain all of our accounts. And again, you know, how many marketing agencies are sending all of their clients a printed eight page newsletter every month and an audio CD. So it creates that value that goes above and beyond what they're expecting and helps really establish that relationship And offers authority because if they're receiving this in the mail each month and it has, you know, I'm on the cover with my article that helps to establish every month being an expert in the industry. So I I highly recommend, even if you don't do the CD, folks to look at printed newsletters that most everybody has gotten away from them. But the Mm -hmm. clients that we've worked with to put that in place and for ourselves, it really helps to increase your per client value and to retain
0: yeah, I mean, I I, I know I, I only get one, and that comes from my CPA uh, right around tax time every year, which I love. I love that it gives you know tax saving tips at the end of the year and things to do before we you know we get into that you know sort of tax season in April. And it's really cool to get that letter in the mail and I see his face and I can get you know reacquainted with his brand because I don't connect with him every single day. Um, but that's the only one I get, and 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 I definitely can see the value in that. Now my only worry is okay, we have our business, we, we are selling products. This is just another thing to do um, as far as you know, putting new content into it and creating these every single month. Um, what is it that you're putting or what, what, what's the best thing to put in these printed newsletters and also these audio CDs?
1: So it's all about partnerships of content. So just like your podcast, sometimes you do it by yourself, but a lot of the time you bring on experts. The newsletter can be a collaborative effort. So, I am a contributor to many other people's newsletters, and I also have people contribute to mine. So, I have calmness. I have. I happen to have a, a pretty good sized staff. So, multiple of my staff—they're each writing an article in it. Um, we also do work for Dan Kennedy of Glazer Kennedy, and he has an article in our newsletter every month. So, I am not writing it. Um, an eight-page newsletter is about forty-five hundred words. And I'm probably writing about 1,200 of them each month. But I believe in um, batching content. So I'll always write my articles, my newsletter articles first. Then I take those out. I break them into blogs. And then I take the blogs and I break them into social media posts. So I'm really able to layer all of my content into being as time effective as possible. And it probably takes me only two hours a month to write the newsletter articles, all of my blogs, and get all of my social media posts. So it's not really taking additional time because I'm writing it all under the same topics.
0: Yeah, and I think if you can get the system down, um, Mm -hmm. just at that point, it's just cake, um, whether you have other people helping you or not, as long as you can sort of get used to it. You just kind of have to do it. And so I'm I'm really glad we're talking about this. The last thing I want to touch on with these mailers are tracking. How do you, you know, say I send out a 1,000 mailers, how do I know they're working?
1: Oh yeah, so that's a great point. Well, we always say you want to test small, launch big. So if I was going to do a mailer of a thousand, I would take my first two hundred and I would split test it, and if you know, try a different headline, test test one or two things, and then I would send the rest to my to my list. Now you're going to need to obviously put con- some kind of direct response in it so you can test it. You want to make sure you have a deadline, a call to action, an incentive. And what's really cool is you, you can see an immediate response. So um, a good friend of mine wanted to reach out to a group of folks. He's a franchise owner, and he wants to start doing coaching for other franchise owners. And he did a mailer, and he sent them <clears throat> using a company called 3D Mail. They're fantastic. Um He sent a mailer out to his prospect list in bank bags. They have bank bags. So you know that's going to get a great open rate because people are going to be really curious. And while he was sitting with me Monday, he had sent out only 100. He had already gotten eight people to not even just fill out the form or Go online, but they personally contacted him. They called him and emailed him, so he was able to immediately track because he had a call to action involved and a deadline and, and a great incentive. So he tested it with a very small group of people, and he was able to see it's working. And now he knows he can send it to the entire list.
0: Uh, right, and it's all about the numbers here. I guess you really have to keep track. And and, and it sort of reminds me. Um, I remember watching. Uh, I think is, gosh, I can't remember, but it was a show that had to do with. People creating products for infomercials, and you know, they w- when a product sort of passed the threshold of being sort of worthy of an infomercial, they would test that product in a, in one very tiny small market just to see what the response would be, and then if it reached another certain threshold after that point, that's when they would go big and nationwide with it. So it sort of seems like it's the same approach there. Um, as far as tracking is concerned, you know, you had mentioned phone numbers. Is that the best way to do these, to do it on these mailers, or are there uh, like would you include a unique link that you could track on your end when people go through them? Or is it sort of going to maybe a specific page on your website with a form that you know is only going to be used by these people who find it through these mailers?
1: Oh, and you're going to not like my answer on this one. There is no definite answer. (laughs) (laughs) It is always about testing. So for some offers in some audiences phone's going to do best for others it's going to be sending them to a personalized url Mm -hmm. and for some others it's going to be submitting a form on a web page you definitely want a way to track it you're going to want to use unique numbers unique urls and other ways to you know be able to see what your roi is or response cards but especially if you're going to do a big mailer so if you're going to do a thousand or more and you're investing you know Money, real money, into the program, you're going to want to test it ahead of time to see what gets you the best response. Now, the unfortunate thing is, even with testing, there's so many variables. So, like, it can be that all of a sudden some big event occurs or a storm occurs or something occurs and changes another variable that you have no control over. Mm -hmm. But then again, you know, that's with everything we do in marketing, right? So you're giving yourself the best case scenario to still take a risk, and the only way that you're going to know your true results is to actually execute upon it, and then the next time just change one thing and then do it again.
0: Right. I mean, I think that's great advice for not just direct mailers, but anything we do online. You know, you want to make mm-hmm. sure you test, test one variable, see if it works, and you'll never know if something's going to work and, and uh, unless until you finally execute. And I'll, uh, of course, like you said, you know the bigger. The action you're taking, or the bigger the risk, uh, the potentially the more rewards are going to come your way. And, um, you had mentioned personalized URL, and and are you um, I I remember vaguely a long time ago hearing about this, and it, it was popular for a little bit, and I hadn't heard from it about it for a while until you just brought it up again. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the 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 sort of acronym I guess is PURL, um, mm-hmm. and, and and this is a way for you to have a specific link. That pretty much when people go through that link, for example, it would it would include the the link would include like my name, for example, and then I would go through that um, personalized URL, and when I get to that landing page, it would actually say like, "Hey, Pat Flynn, welcome! Um, thank you for checking out the newsletter or whatever." Like, it would actually say my name. Like, is that what you're talking about?
1: Yeah, exactly. And we've seen it increase response rate more than thirty percent by using personalized URLs. And again, I don't I think it it's not as popular, not because it doesn't work, but just because it's that extra step and we're all so busy. Um, But when you get a mailer and even a postcard mailer and it has your name in the URL, well, that definitely increases your curiosity factor to at least go check it out. And each one of these things are just about how much more can I personalize something that's mass to get somebody to respond. And you could even test that just in email first, you know, before you do a direct mail piece, testing a personalized URL to see if you're going to get a better response. But it's trackable, oh. it's measurable, and then we've seen it increase response rate by using that tactic.
0: Nice. Is that something that costs a little bit more? Like instead of doing a mailer with a generic link that goes to a specific page on my website, having a personalized URL, is that something that costs a little bit more?
1: It does. It's maybe $30 though per 1,000 people, so it's not
0: oh, wow crazy okay.
1: cost. Yeah, it's a really inexpensive cost, and yet it can increase your response rate so much.
0: Yeah, it'd be really cool to, in, 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 a, in a mailer that I send to, for example, my existing customers or existing members to a membership website to have, um, you know, a unique URL for each member. And, um, you know, even to a point where it uses their username right in the URL. And then when they go to the website, it would actually generate their name based off of the username and the name that it was connected to. I mean, there's a lot of ninja things I'm sure you could do. But, um, you know, before we move on from mailers and i'm really glad we're talking about this because this is something i haven't heard about in a very long time but i'm very interested and in, i think there's a lot of people listening now there's a lot of beginners out there that are like way this is way beyond me right now and that's okay i mean we're talking about a lot of different things here on the podcast every every week but um there's a lot of people out there who i know could potentially benefit from this and now and, and, and absolutely stand out in their niche using this method how do we or who do we go to to make all this happen
1: As far as execution?
0: Yes, as far as, like, if I wanted to do a mailer to the members of my membership site, where do I go?
1: Oh, okay, sure. So what I recommend doing is to look at whatever software you're using and to look at vendors that work directly with that software because none of this should be done by hand. All of this should be done in automation because you want, again, you want to use your time in the most valuable way, and that's with things that are strategic. So we're infusionsoft users and so we use vendors who can be who can plug into our infusionsoft account. So there's a company called Fix Your Funnel that will be help trigger and they connect infusionsoft with send-out cards. And there's another one called cool. In- Information Distributors and they're the ones who do my newsletter and that connects directly. So everything that I'm talking about is fully automated by using a, an auto, and again, I know this is an advanced marketing tactic, but by using an, an integrated CRM or customer relationship manager and email marketing program and vendors who specialize in it, you can actually automate each one of these processes.
0: So it's sort of like an app built into, or, or a third-party app for Infusionsoft that does these certain things.
1: Yeah, or you can even trigger it. So uh, another example would be when we have a new client, a new private client, um, come on, we send them um, a gift, and we actually send a bonsai tree, a, a bonsai money tree. That's cool. It's beautiful, and it comes, you know, in this beautiful glass dish with, you know, it's it's just it's gorgeous. But we work with a florist, a local florist that I know, to send those. Well, we have an automatic sequence set up. So when we set up a new client account in our infusion system, she gets an email from us automatically telling her to go ahead and send them that plant.
0: So That's so cool. So you don't even yeah. have, you don't even have to have staff do it for you. The system is doing it for you.
1: Exactly. And then, so it takes the burn off staff, but it also lets me as the boss not have to worry about, is it actually happening? Is staff following process because the process is automated? So as much as you can do that, integrating your system, it's obviously, it's a lot of work up front with Mm -hmm. system and automation. But in operations and, you know, really achieving what you want overall goals for your company, it's, you know, invaluable.
0: Yeah, that is all. My head is spinning right now. That's so... (laughs) Cool. Uh, one worry I would have with automation and doing something like that, sending an actual physical um, gift to somebody after they subscribe, for example, or after they they purchase something. Um, mm-hmm. Do I have to check on it every once in a while just to make sure it, can, it continues to work? Because I can assume it's working and, and, and maybe it something, something breaks and I would have no idea. Or do you have people doing you know quality assurance checks and things like that?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, the vendors have to send me a receipt and let me know that it went out. So that's definitely a check process. And then you always want to check in on your system. So we task that out too. We have a task and I have um, my office manager is also responsible for really the customer service end of things. And she is responsible for going in and checking and making sure that everybody's getting what they're supposed to get. Okay. So yeah, it's, it, and that turns her doing it all herself, which could take hours into a five-minute process of going in and just checking and making sure it's working the way it's supposed to.
0: Awesome! Awesome! Really interesting. Okay, so we talked about Infusionsoft and also Fix Your Funnel and Information Distributors. Is that the that the other one that you use for mm-hmm. your mailers? Okay, awesome. Because I've I've been hearing a lot about Infusionsoft. I know a lot of people, um, Amy Porterfield, uh, Clay Collins from from Lead Pages. Uh, they all use Infusionsoft and they swear by it. And so I went to a an event just recently, which was a sister conference for Infusionsoft. Uh, it's called PartnerCon, and I got introduced. are yeah, the keynote.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was
0: the keynote there. Um and it was interesting because I, I don't even use Infusionsoft, not yet at least, and it's something um, I'm now going to explore now that I'm going to be integrating a lot more things here in 2014 on Smart Passive Income and because I just met all the people behind Infusionsoft and they're all amazing. So um, thank you for giving me another reason to potentially go down that route.
1: Here's my big tip for you on that, because we happen to be um, certified consultants who should have been th- at that event, but another one of our clients, which is uh, GKIC, their conference was at the
0: same time. Huh.
1: So we couldn't be there, but my biggest suggestion to you is don't try to do any of it yourself. <laughs>
0: that's what a lot of people are saying because I know it
1: takes way too much time get an expert who knows what they're doing get them to set it all up for you it's completely worth the money you'll spend doing that
0: yeah I mean not to bag on Infusionsoft but there is a nickname for Infusionsoft that a lot of people throw around and they say it's mm-hmm. conf- confusion soft. and it was really interesting because when I was at this event the CEO stood up and he was like, one of our goals for 2014 and beyond is to make sure that that name is history and they're gonna try and make everything easier for people, which I was you know I appreciated um, as someone on the outside. So anyway, um, one thing I want to talk about uh, moving on to something else is is um, in, in some of our email conversations, you said that you've owned your own business for about 13 years now, but only recently, did you become an entrepreneur? Now, what do you what do you mean by that exactly?
1: Yeah, so this is what we call the the. I think it's the like the Barbara Walters moment.
0: I <laughs> get all deep
1: and serious and personal. Um, the marketing stuff's real easy, but this is the harder stuff. Um, so um, four years ago, I um, I had just gotten married, and then a month after we got married, my husband and I had the wonderful gift of getting pregnant with my first daughter. And up to that point I had been I had been business owner and had been running myself crazy, really doing local marketing for local companies, small accounts, and really basically being a hamster in a wheel and trying to bring in enough business to pay my staff at the same time, not, you know, pay our bills, always behind, always trying to balance the cash we brought in with the cash that I had to go out working around the clock, networking constantly, meeting with every single prospect that wanted to talk to us. And it was killing me. And when I became pregnant and I I knew then it started to seed that I couldn't keep this schedule up. I couldn't physically do it, I couldn't mentally do it. And frankly, you know, when you're 7, 8 months pregnant, it's really not very good for networking. Um, It's an incredibly joyous time, but you're not going to be out closing major deals. It's just not going to happen. And I needed something to change in my life. And I also knew that if I stayed home with my daughter for any length of time, I was going to lose my business because it was completely on my shoulders to go out and spend time networking to bring any business in. And I was I was desperate, and um, I'm a woman of faith, and I was, you know, I prayed very hard on this. And at that time, one of my accountability partners, and I definitely, I know that you're really involved in accountability, Pat, and Mm -hmm. you have masterminds, and I've always done that, um, had shared with me Dan Kennedy's direct response marketing book, and I devoured it. I absolutely devoured it. i had always been a public speaker, but I'd never sold products before when I spoke. And he said, you know, I think you should look at selling some products and I think you should look at direct response. And that book changed everything. Um, We started to take... And the thing was, it was crazy because I read his book. I read Ron LeGrand's. I started studying him. I started studying all these different direct response marketers, Sandler training, for sales training. And none of them, though, were talking about social media, Mm -hmm. um, which we do a lot of work in because we take direct response now to social media. And I was thinking, well, can I test this stuff there? And we started testing it. And then we started getting our clients like coming to us that I didn't have to go out networking for. And I remember the first time I got one just in my inbox and I couldn't believe it that somebody had come to me that I didn't know that I didn't have to actually go out and get and thought, wow, this is something here. And we started to get more and more clients in and then we started to being able to go after different business. And then basically our company exploded. I mean, it's been incredible. Um, we're no longer focused on the local market. We work with companies now around the world. Our clients include those that I learned from. I now have, you know, Sandler Training is now a client, GKIC and Dan Kennedy, Ron Legrand, ChemDry, all these companies that, you know, I, if you had told me five years ago, this is who your clients would have been, I would have thought, yeah, you're crazy. Um, <laughs> because we were able to find a way to make direct response work and i'm not i'm i'm saying that in a way to say I, this isn't a lesson in direct response it's more in a I, something needed to change and i think what i shared with you was that it was this aha moment that i was basically feeling like i was being tortured right so i was a victim and that i felt like i was trapped in a business that was suffocating me and that i had to work 24 hours a day and i still couldn't get where i needed to be And basically reading that book helped me to realize that I am not, I was not a victim. I completely had control over the future of my company and my business and my family and my future. And I could create what I needed it to be and what I wanted it to be. And all I needed to be willing to do was to seek something different. I couldn't keep doing what I had been doing. And then, you know, and that says, you know, okay, well, it's insanity. But the reality is so many of us do it. We keep doing the same thing. We just think if we do it harder and work more, it's going to produce different results. And that moment and that that first book showed me, you know what, there's something different I can do and that can produce different results. And it made me see everything differently. It changed our company. It changed our revenue. It changed my lifestyle. It changed our structure and our clients. It was amazing. And um, it's it's now that I consistently look for new information and resource. And you know, and I and I agree with too. Like you've shared this before. Don't overwhelm yourself with too much at one time. Mm-hmm. Which I think that too. You want to be really systematic in your absorption of too much of information because too much is too much. But Looking to, if you're really unhappy with how things are right now and working harder is not your answer, it's probably that you need to find a different way of doing what you're doing.
0: Yeah. Uh, b- before I comment on that, um, the name of the book exactly Dan Kennedy's book, which what was the name of that?
1: Um, Direct Response Marketing for Non Direct Response Companies. Something along those lines, or non-direct response businesses.
0: Yeah. Okay. And 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 what was it about that book that exactly made this mindset change for you? Because it sounds like a very strategic book, but something in your mind changed as far as where you were in life and where you wanted to be.
1: Yeah. So it is. The thing was is that you know I was a marketing agency. Who had a back? I had a background in PR and events. And so all the stuff I was doing made my clients feel good, but I could never show them ROI. And so we would lose accounts when it came time to renew because I was the easy thing to cut from their budget. And they'd always say, Kim, we like you. We enjoy working with you, but we need to look at cutting our expenses so you're the thing that we're, we can cut. And that book showed me, okay, well, direct response actually has calls to action, and you can measure it, and it can show, well, this you spend this dollar, you get this dollar and a half back. Mm-hmm. This is the answer we needed to actually showing a return. But it also showed me um, a lot, how to position ourselves a lot differently, so that how we could get a higher value per customer, how we could be seen more as an expert, um, it shared with me, uh, giving content away, how important that is to get and build trust. So much of the things that you talk about, really, I had not known or been exposed to before. And that opens up the entire world of incredible, you know, content-driven marketing that is used in direct response to in order to get a lead and to build um, trust in order to convert into a sale. I I had no idea about that before.
0: Yeah, and it's really awesome that you mentioned that it was a result of a connection you had in an, an, an accountability group or your accountability partner. And I stress mastermind groups and that whole thing so much because you can't do this alone and there's so many other people out there with amazing things and thing and and, and and wisdom to share and resources to share. And um I always say that if I were if I was able to go into the DeLorean and go back into time and tell my younger self one thing that would that that, <laughs> that I should do and that that is, you know, go and talk to as many people as you can and make as many connections as you can because those connections will help you get to where you want to be and so it's really cool that 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 you sort of um attributed that sort of change in your life to the accountability group and then one really quick story i want to mention is because a lot of people feel like what what you said like they feel like they have to work harder and use more force in order to make things happen and that's sometimes not the case and usually it's not sometimes it has to be something external that has to change or something in your mind that has to change or maybe you have to do something a different way um not necessarily put more force behind it or put more hours behind it or more sweat into it it's just doing things smarter um, yes
1: say smarter you use that and i love that yeah,
0: yeah i mean that's why i use it because um smart work is is better than sometimes better than hard work i mean um mm-hmm. but the, when I was a kid, I used to take karate, and I remember going to karate class once, and they they were doing, like, demonstrations on breaking uh, wood. Like, all the instructors, instructors were, like, flying over people and, you know, kicking wood and breaking it apart. Like, it was so cool for all of us young kids, uh, and, and we were just so jazzed about it. And then the rest or the remainder of the class was we got to actually – break pieces of wood and um, I remember just being so crazy excited about it that I gave my piece of wood to my partner I was like hold this I'm gonna break it and then I tried like five times to break it I couldn't break it I punched through it I kicked through it I I put all my power behind it and I couldn't break this little piece of wood that everyone else seemed to be able to break and then the instructor came over he's like let me see Pat let me see what you're doing I can see you're struggling here because you know I was okay at karate and so I I thought I was gonna break through it but I couldn't and then even before I, I did my next kick he was like stop and he just moved the little piece of wood that this kid was holding for me just 90 degrees. He just shifted it 90 degrees where he how he was holding it and then I kicked through it and then it broke incredibly easily because Mm. when you hold a piece of wood depending on which way the grains are going if you're trying to kick or break it against the grain it's going to be nearly impossible and so it wasn't necessarily me trying to put more force behind it. It was just something external that I didn't even know was was the reality of it that had to change that made me able to kick through this wood. And so the the sort of lesson there is sometimes it's not more force. Sometimes it's just something external that has to change or maybe you're not putting that effort into the right aspects of your business to make things happen.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, I think that too, going back to the whole accountability thing, what's so great about them, about being in accountability groups, and most of mine have been, um, free and, and, and that it's just a group of people have gotten together, but I actually just joined one that costs more than i made my first year of working. So um, in the corporate world, so, you know, there, there are different levels of accountability, but the big thing is it helps you focus on the things that are going to grow your business and not the daily fires you have to put out. Because so often as entrepreneurs, we have to we get caught up in the stuff we have to get done each day and we can let the big picture things go. And the, being part of those groups helps get those big picture items done.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Kim, so much. Um, Finishing up here, I want to go over. I know you're. You're. I love this interview because you're in sort of a. You're doing marketing, which a lot of us are doing. Um, but you're sort of in a, in a different space, and you're working with these big clients, and you have a lot of knowledge that, um, I think would be very useful for all of us, including myself. Um, so if you could share with us some tips, um, and you even mentioned in one of the emails um, during our correspondence, it was, you know, you have a lot of things to share that you haven't heard yet on the podcast, and I know you listen to the podcast. So, what do you feel is uh, that that you could. You know, give to the SPA audience that would help them out really much for what they're doing based on sort of your experience and what you've learned?
1: Sure. So, um, a few things. One is, you know, um, people see folks like you, Pat, and some other names out there, and they think, okay, well, Pat can offer content, and that's because that's who he is. But, Pat, you share to everybody you were an architect before. It's not like you grew up. The child of somebody famous that you are gonna have this name that you're gonna put out there. You developed your brand by offering content. Mm-hmm. And the reality is any one of us can be an expert in our industry and can to put out valuable content. And what that does is it not only can help you attract new leads, but, it establishes your value so that you can get more per customer. And it also helps increase trust so your sales cycle is um, shorter and you get a higher per customer value.
0: Right. I mean, and, a, a lot of us are, are providing content. You know, we have blogs and podcasts. What do you think those of us that are doing that already that aren't quite successful yet, um, what what can what can they do to sort of really take that content and have it be shown to, to more people?
1: Yeah, so um, one of the biggest things that Changed our value proposition was getting that book written, and um, Ryan Dice has a really cool program. And I, I saw it after I um, had already written mine, but I encourage folks to check it out. It he has a program that you can go through, and I and I, I think it's less than a thousand dollars. I think, and it helps you write your book in a day, basically. Um, so folks who are, you know, have been saying they're going to get it done, they're going to get it done, it's because it sounds like an incredibly overwhelming task. But this is about writing like an 80-page book. We're not writing the, you know, New York Times bestseller. But the what the book does is it helps establish you as an expert. So how we use it is somebody, we changed the name of our um, prospect meetings. We now call them prospective client interviews. That we are, it's a two-way conversation that we're going to see if we make sense. Then when somebody requests a conversation, they are um, sent a list of questions that we're going to discuss during their our conversation. Things like, what's your budget? What are your goals? So they know this is going to be a two-way conversation. This isn't just, you know, IOC or you know, my company or myself trying to sell them. This is us talking. And they also receive a copy of my book ahead of time. And they receive that in the mail prior to any conversation with any prospect. They receive a book. And what that does is it, A, teaches them about our philosophies and marketing, so I'm not convincing them of anything, and B, establishes us as an expert. So the best thing you can do for your business is get that book written. And even if it you means you have to take all of your blogs and all your content Get it done, and it does not have to be the best thing written ever. It just has to be a book because most people, honestly, will never even open it. But having your name on the cover will make a huge difference in your cost, your value. And then um, the other thing is when you do get your, you know, your next customer, and depending on the value. Doing some kind of shock and awe package. I remember um, back to when I bought my first new car. Um, I'd been working in the corporate world for a few years and I went and bought a Saturn View and I loved that car. And um, (laughs) Saturn was amazing at this. You bought your car and then a few weeks later, you got a little plant in the mail that had the Saturn um, written on the pot. A week later, you got a magnetic key you could put under the car so you wouldn't get locked out. A week later, you got a note card. And it helped reinforce that buying decision over and over again. Because so many of us, again, we buy a house, buy a car, buy anything. Our immediate thought is, did we make the right decision? Mm -hmm. And by reinforcing it immediately after, you help to make people realize that they did. And so we call that a shock and awe package sending them something immediately following a purchase no matter what level and you associate the value of what you send them with that value of the purchase so that you can reinforce that purchasing decision it works in every level of business online offline um, but you know, most people are not doing that i can't i actually cannot tell you the last time i received something like that from somebody else um, that I was a purchaser of and we buy a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> so that also helps establish you as being different than everybody else too.
0: Yeah, I think one of the sort of themes of this 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 talk here is that sometimes you're going to have to spend a little bu- bit of money when you don't think you need to in order to mm-hmm. make more down the road. Like we were talking about these mailers or these things that you send your existing customers, the audio CD and in the, in, in the newsletter and the colored envelope and things like that or this sort of shock and all package, which I love. I, I, I love, um, you know, I call it sort of random acts of kindness, but this is a more yeah. specific way of doing a random act of kindness. This is something that will obviously be seem like something really kind that you do, but also it's a marketing tactic and in, in, in a way that it'll help retain your customers. So um, I, I love... the the idea of the shock and awe package and it doesn't have to be something in the mail either when I think about it you know maybe some somebody uh, becomes a customer to your membership site or buys one of your products you send them a free something you know a week or two down the road and I love how you're sending that you know later and you might want to test when the proper time to send it is you might want to see mm-hmm. when people are dropping out of your program if you have a monthly membership and you see that people are dropping out after three months maybe the perfect time to send it is at two and a half months and then mm-hmm. track and see how much longer people are staying on i think that would be really cool and i think oh, i don't remember where i heard it i it was a video i watched and i think it was a video from one of the presentations at yannick silver's underground seminar um where a guy was talking about how one of the most important things to do is focus on the 100 days after your customer purchases. Mm-hmm. If you can make that a great experience, the the, the 100 days after your customer purchases, um, they're going to be a customer for life, you know, for years and years down the road. And if you have multiple products or you come out with more down the road or you need help with something or you, need, you want people to share that product with other people... If you can really focus in on what happens after the purchase, um, that that would be really smart. And so I'm really glad you talked about this. I know a lot of people aren't doing that. I've purchased a lot of things online, too. And the moment after purchase, I never hear from them again. Or the only time I hear from them is the next time I could buy something from them.
1: Exactly. And We have our, our FB sales funnel, which is our main product that we sell. It's our um, Facebook sales system. Um, we have a 63-day, so it's not 100, but it's a 63-day follow-up sequence of bonus reports, trainings, things that they get in the mail, um, all to reinforce that purchasing decision and to help establish that relationship with one of value. We're not selling anything to them during that time. They're just getting valuable content from us.
0: I love that. I love that, Kim. And I think that's a great way to end this this podcast here. Um you know where can people find out more about uh, you and your agency and, and what you have going on?
1: Yeah, so I have to say I reached you know out to Pat because of I, the incredible gift I feel like you give us all entrepreneurs well, in helping feel like we're not alone and the content we get and um, knowing the difference that all this has made in my life and my career. And, um, really the fact that I get to now spend time at home with my kids and have a much different life. I wanted to do the same thing. So put together a training for next week, a free, totally free training. I'm going to go through the entire prospect, a process of prospecting and how we do our shock and awe and how we do our gifting and that whole program. And, um, it's going to be on the 18th, and for those that are listening to this, or 18th of December, those that are listening to this on a replay will have it up there. You know, they're listening to it after it, so you can watch it later on. But um, if you want to get information on that and the company and all that good stuff, go to iocreativegroup.com forward slash Pat Flynn.
0: iocreativegroup.com slash Pat Flynn. Yep. Cool. Thank you so much, Kim. Um, I appreciate all the wisdom and all the advanced uh, marketing information, even just the basic stuff about mindset, all really, really important stuff. Um, I recommend everybody go to iocreativegroup.com slash Pat No spaces, no dashes. Kim, thank you so much. Um, have an awesome holiday, and I uh, hope we can reconnect soon.
1: Thank you. It's been an honor.
0: All right. Thank you. Take care. All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kim from iocreativegroup.com. Kim, thank you so much for sharing a lot of information that I haven't thought about. um, And I know a lot of people out there listening haven't really even considered implementing into their business. So thank you for that. Now, if you have any questions out there for you listeners, if you have any questions about anything regarding online business, internet marketing, entrepreneurship, personal development, lifestyle design, whatever, I would love to answer your questions. Please head on over to my SpeakPipe page. My SpeakPipe page, which is at speakpipe.com/patflin, there for free. You can leave a voicemail uh, through your computer or your microphone or whatever, um, even through your phone, I think. And I will get that, and I will answer your questions for you as much as many as I can. And I'm going to be going big on those in 20, in, in 2014. So uh, look out for more of that in the next year. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate all of you uh, for listening. And if you wouldn't mind leaving an honest an honest review on iTunes, uh, I would love you so much for it. Thank you so much. Show notes and resources, as always, smartpassiveincome.com slash session91. Happy holidays. I wish you all the best. Please stay safe, stay merry, and I'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. Hello?
1: Psst. Are you there? Hello? Thank you for listening to Daddy Podcast.